The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. New draft guidelines propose limiting households in new urban developments to one parking spot or even eliminating parking entirely where public transport is accessible. The Department of Housing aims to increase housing density in urban areas to address supply shortages. Now, while major cities like Dublin and Cork would have a maximum of one car parking spot per home near public transport, other urban areas could see a reduction in car parking spaces. Does this make sense? Well, I'm joined by Professor in Transportation at the School of Engineering and Trinity College in Dublin, Brian Caulfield. Brian, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, what is all of this about? Because, uh, you know, people are currently living in shoeboxes at the moment. And, uh, you know, they used to have dual aspect apartments, now single aspect apartments. Now you're being told you can't even own a car uh, if you happen to have a bus outside your door. What are they doing to us? So what what they're doing to us is, um, it, in the literature, it's a term called transit-oriented design. So basically, it's whereby if you're building um, new new housing um, that's near good public transport, that you limit the amount of car parking that's available. You need to make sure that there is good, accessible public transport and good and accessible are very kind of movable feasts in terms of what is good and accessible. Yeah. But once that's put in place, um, that you limit the car parking that's there. And in some cases, you remove it altogether. How do you mean remove it from people who already have it? Um, no, in new Take away the front garden? Um, in, in no, Pat, a new development. So if you're if you're putting together a new development and people choose to buy into this lifestyle of having um, a house with no car um, parking space, they don't feel the need to own a car um, and they've got good public transport, then in some cases there may not be any parking yeah. at all. But which, which, sure which, is, which is grand if you don't have a mobility issue or if you're if you're not elderly, um, you know, where you depend on the car to get you to visit your pals who live in one of these developments and you can't park and you're in a wheelchair, what then? Well, I, I would imagine in terms of the planning, so when any of these things go to planning, I go into on board Planola and stay there for as long as ah. they stay there, um, <laughs> that they would they, that they would look at that type of thing, that they would look at that type of accessibility um, um, to these areas. And that's one of the problems with this. If they do limit the car parking, what happens if they spill over into existing developments that are near these newer developments? That, that would be a concern of mine. Now, uh, the the aspect of access to public transport, uh, I was uh, passing along the old Bray Road the other day and I saw a new development called Woodbrook, uh, which has got lots of houses and apartments and so on. And then I noticed in other areas along that very road, uh, loads of new apartments and so on. Uh, There's a new dart station being built at Woodbrook. Um, So, in other words, the dart which originates, say, in Bray, by the time it gets to Shankill, uh, it's going to be filling up. And by the time it gets to Dunleary, it's going to be quite full and everyone's heading for the centre of the city. The same is true of the Lewis line in uh, Cherrywood. Uh, by the time it gets to Dundrum, it's packed and so on and so forth. So uh, when we talk about these facilities, and they're wonderful to have a Dart or a Lewis, yeah, but if they're full and if the frequency cannot be improved, then the developers, they use the Dart and the Lewis as an excuse for, you know, getting 10, 12 stories in their developments because there's public transport. But it's jammed. It's full. Precisely. Um, and, and as we start to work um, from home less and all, and all of these other aspects, it's making public transport fuller. And I think, I'm sure you remember back when Metro North was a thing, and on the north side of the city, every development that was built had a picture of Metro North next to it. Um, and that never materialised or hasn't materialised yet. Um, 
So that is a key thing that we need to con- continually monitor this, that if the public transport's been put in place, parking has been taken away, that the public transport is good enough. But also in that example there that you mentioned about the dark, that's fine for people that want to get to Bray or want to get into the city centre. But if they need to do any other trips, there needs to be other forms of mobility put in place. Not necessarily always a bus. One of the things that they do internationally is that they will put in what we call a mobility hub. And at that hub, there will be maybe five or six electric cars that you can you, you can book, electric bikes, electric um, cargo bikes, those types of things. And that's another way of providing the mobility that's required. But it's all new developments that they're talking about. So the people that move into this would, would know this in advance and I suppose are buying yeah. into that lifestyle too. Now, the, the suspicion is, of course, that this is all about uh, lining the developers' pockets. Maybe the, the government doesn't do it deliberately, but, you know, over the years they've been conned up to the eyeballs by uh, developers who plead poverty and so on, but you've never seen a developer on a bicycle, more likely in a Bentley than on a bicycle. Um, so, uh, you know, what they're doing tends to diminish the quality of life in developments. The, the, you know, the, the, your green space now, your open space, your balcony is included in that when they do the sums about how much open space there should be for people to enjoy the sunshine or whatever. I mean, we have allowed ourselves uh, to, to build developments which are really not fit for family habitation. Exactly. And I do like that line, a Bentley or a bicycle. But um, I, I, I think that's why we're bringing in these, that's why they're bringing in these um, regulations that they regulate the developers um, into this. And one of the reasons why transport has been so hard to reduce emissions in, so hard to get people out of their cars, is because we have all of these one-off developments, all of these massive housing estates with no public transport, no facilities put in beforehand. And that's why it's that's why it's so difficult. It's why emissions are, tr- are rising in transport. So but, I suppose Brian, it's Brian, what, what is it ever. about us that, you know, we build over uh, green spaces that could potentially be open cut to build tunnels for undergrounds and so on. But we think about the underground maybe later when we've already built on top of them. And, you know, open cut is much cheaper than tunnelling. Why is it that we are so bad at forward planning, building like the Victorians? We've got a Victorian infrastructure for water now being replaced by Irish water slowly but surely. But it was good for 100 years. Yeah, it, it is very disheartening for somebody that works in transport to see this, that we are very bad at this forward planning. We're very bad at even delivering uh, public transport. I was looking at Lewis to Finglas this morning, announced in 2020, might be running by the end of the decade. It's four kilometres of an extension to the end of the Green Line on the north side, and it could take a decade to deliver. There's something seriously wrong if that's the case in our city. And, you know, taking away car parking spaces is great and it's good to have that type of thing. But the other side of the, the, the carrot and stick needs to be there. The carrot needs to be there to deliver things like that Lewis extension to Finglas. Um, some of the text coming in. On the proposals, it clearly says spaces should be provided for people with mobility issues. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you have to have the clampers then on the go because uh, people with cars who don't have mobility issues frequently park in those spaces. So the occupant of the development comes along, tries to get their parking space because they, if they're in a wheelchair or whatever. It's taken, maybe by a visitor to number four. Who knows? Um, will they insist on reducing the cost 
in line with the size. Well, they always complain about the cost of uh, building underground car parking. It's very expensive. New apartments just built near me in the inner suburban area of Cork. No parking spaces, so it's happening already. Uh, What is the definition of accessible, says another. Why do people use cars to get to work, to get to schools, to get to shops, to carry shopping home, to get to hospitals, to visit elderly relatives, to socialise? Public transport can do all that. But planners are dealing with the lives uh, and people are not pawns. In other words, if you've got an underground like Paris or London, um, you can do a lot of the things that they talk about. When you've got our mishmash of public transport, you know, good for some if you want to go from Bray to Pierce Street in Dublin, uh, good for those who want to go from Cherrywood to Dundrum Shopping Centre, but not good for everyone by any means. Um, I have a bus stop five minutes from my door, but unfortunately the buses don't turn up. There are three buses due per hour, and yesterday three on the trot did not turn up. Trip cancelled. That's a common problem, says Denise. Regarding the new proposal to have one car parking slot and reduce size gardens, our government are not thinking straight. Look at most estates around Dublin and around the country, and you'll see cars parked on top of one another along the access roads. It's very unpleasant, but more importantly, the safety of children in these estates who play where they can. Forget about the car issue and uh, encouragement to force everyone to use public transport for a second, but safety of neighbourhoods must come first. And here is a proposal to get rid of car spaces. It's madness. And we must not forget, it's not just mam and dad in the house. Many young adults who cannot afford their own home are also living at home. So where is their space? We should be increasing, or at the very least, provide dedicated parking for all housing estates over a certain size, as we simply don't have the correct public transport for most estates. Let's face that. Also, these proposals are music to developers' ears. They will lap it up and take further profits, building houses quicker and at cheaper costs. Um, Another one, new developments should give everyone space to grow food, sustainable produce. Well, you won't have space to grow food because even, even if you have a house, if you're going to get a new house, you're being told, Brian, that the garden is going to be smaller. Yeah, and, 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 and all of the points that your listeners have made there, I would agree with nearly most and all of them. Um, um, I, I suppose the key thing that, that that's in the article in the Times is that this is for new developments, it's not existing developments, but everybody is right. You know, we need to have the public transport put in place, first of all. And that definition of accessibility, what is it? You know, how many bus services per hour is acceptable in different parts of the country? And that's something that we need a a definition on um, and then you can start to bring in these the, the, these kind of stick approaches of, yeah. of, of reducing car parking. Yeah, but uh, hundreds of apartments being built and the balcony is uh, the, the recreational space. I mean, come on, this is madness and, you know, whether it's government departments, government ministers, uh, local councils or on board Planola, quality of life is important irrespective of your your income, your, your status in life, whatever, whether you're in social housing or affordable housing or whatever it is, you need a place to recreate. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, We objected to a development behind us that calculated the green space to include a roundabout in the development. Now, that's absolute madness. Um, So they they actually measure the roundabout, which is going to be covered in grass, and figure that's green space. So you have children, send them across to the roundabout to play. Come on. You know, and no place in this development where kids can kick a ball. I, I mean, it's crazy. And I've been pushing again and again, Brian, for a rules-based planning system where everybody knows where they stand, how many stories you can go high, the width of the roads, all the things laid down. And developers, uh, you know, they must adhere to the county development plan. If not, they don't get permission. 
Why the reluctance on the part of the current minister as well as others uh, not to have a rules-based system where everyone knows where they stand? I, I, I don't know, Pat. And, and perhaps if that rules-based system was there, we wouldn't have the backlog that we have. In no, you wouldn't. Because, you know, Mrs. O'Brien who wants to put her, her extension up, if she obeys the rules, she gets her extension. No problem. No onboard plan, Ola. Nothing. Uh, the developer who wants to put a five-storey block of apartments uh, with a nice square of green space for the kids to play and so on, no problem if it's within the rules. You know, w- why not do that? It, it, it defies logic. Maybe ministers and politicians like to keep the wriggle room so that they can... Uh, there's an election coming up, uh, a local election coming up and a general after that, and you're right, Pat. It would, the, the backlog that we have in terms of wind turbines, metros and all these things that take a year to get through on board Planola. Perhaps they will get through quicker. All right, Brian. Look, thank you very much uh, for that. Brian Caulfield, Professor in Transportation at the School of Engineering in Trinity College in Dublin. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.